Thanks, and welcome to Ask BBB, a program that gives consumers information from businesses they can trust. I'm Jim Swan, and I'm Linda Smith. Linda is the CEO and the president of BBB Serving Western Ontario. It's December twenty second. It's time for the final touches before Christmas Day, and soon any shopping we do will be termed last minute. This morning, we'll bring you tips on things to be aware of if a gift card is where you'll turn to complete that Christmas list. And this close to Christmas. Ask BBB will keep what has become a tradition with a Christmas story. Our wishes are for a safe and happy holiday. To help that become a reality, we welcome Jack Burt of the London Fire Department to Ask BBB. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me, Jim. Linda. Fire safety is a year-round thing, but are there extra dangers at this time of year? Absolutely. You get more people in your house this time of year more people that don't know their way out of your house in the event of an emergency, and more hazards in your house when you look at Christmas trees, lighting, those overextended extension cords, um, the possibility that you may be drinking while you're cooking that turkey. There's a lot more hazards this time of year than there are any other time of year. Do you find you're extra busy at this time of year trying to get that message out? We're always trying to get these messages out, and this this time of year is no different. We we're always trying to find these avenues to get it out, and that's why we appreciate you having me on the show here today. The London Fire Department issued uh, 10 safety tips for the holiday season. Um, are those tips based on things you've learned when you investigate the cause of fires? Those um, tips come out from the fire marshal himself, because these are the things we're seeing around the province, not just here in London, but provincially. And those hazards are real this time of year. Now, I was really surprised to learn that at one time they actually put live candles on Christmas trees. Now, we don't do that anymore, but there are live candles out there. Yeah. Um, And you have a suggestion that they be, you don't do that. That is the exact suggestion, Jim. Don't put live candles on your Christmas tree. Um, The other thing with Christmas. Live candles anywhere, if they can be replaced with these uh, battery operated and Absolutely. I love battery-operated candles. I'm not a candle fan. I've seen a lot of fires in my career strictly caused by candles. Um, One where a person left the room, they didn't go out, and when you go out, you should blow out. That's what we try to tell everyone. Um, This one case, a dog knocked the candle over, landed on a couch, started the couch on fire, and caused the house to literally be consumed. And um, that was a bit of a surprise because we love candles at this time of year. There's a a mood it creates, and I guess there's a certain antiquity to, to candlelight, but uh, that's a great rule of thumb. When yes. you go out, blow it out. When you go out, blow out. Is it paranoia to have a plan for when a fire happens? Fires can happen so fast these days, and they can spread so quickly. Most people don't realize that within three minutes, flashover can occur in your home, which literally means nothing can survive. With the furnishings that we have in our houses today, the curtains that are out there, the synthetic materials that these furnishings are made of causes the fires to burn hotter, to burn quicker, and the fire spreads so much faster. If you have three minutes to get out of your house, you need a plan. You also need working detection, which ties in with your plan. If you have a home escape plan, make sure you practice it. If you don't, plan one out. Practice it at least twice a year, if not more. And this is a great time for you to practice that plan when you have additional people coming into your house, spending the night and they may not be aware of all the exits in your home. Jack, how many people actually do that? Not enough. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what happens. This time of year, we see a lot more tragedy occur. 
not just because of the season where these fires are occurring, because there are higher risks of fires in your home. People need to be cognizant of that fact and they need to know how to get out of their house. All right. You, you uh, recommend this all the time. How do you bring that up when you have guests uh, that are staying over? How do you broach the subject and say, oh, all right, let's, let's just go over what would happen if we had a fire? We're not going to, but what if we did? Do, do you do that? One thing I've personally done is I've turned that into a game at Christmas. I've had my family in the, uh, the house and I've said, let's practice how you get out if there was a fire set up little makeshift fires at the front door to see if they know a secondary means of egress out. Because if you do have that home escape plan, you should have more than one way out. If the only way you know how to get out of a structure is blocked, then what do you do? You need to look for that other escape. You know, I can feel the tension just as you start to talk about this and you start thinking about it. Um, But does that tension go away once you've gone through the practice and say, okay, now we should all feel safer because we've got this plan? One thing I've done in the past is I've actually timed it so people know how long it actually takes them to get out. Then I tell them, you know, within three minutes, that house could be consumed. Here in London, it takes us approximately four minutes to get to any structure once that 911 call gets in. The reality is it may be too late if you're not out of that house. Hmm. Now, we um, will be talking about quitting smoking in the new year, but is, is smoking still... A a cause of fires? Smoking is the number one cause of fatal fires here in Canada. Of fatal fires? Of fatal fires. In Canada, in Ontario, and right here in London. Four of the last five fatalities here in the city of London have been caused by careless smoking. So that's something you really want to, A, quit. (laughs) That's 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 number number one. one. (laughs) But uh, if you're going to smoke, then you want to do that safely as well. We want to make sure that if you are smoking, smoke outside. If you're drinking, which does happen this time of year, you have a guest over that's drinking, they're smoking, make sure that they're safe when they're smoking. Make sure that the ashtrays are deep enough that the cigarette cannot fall out of that ashtray. Mm. If they fall asleep, make sure they're not smoking. But recommend everybody to smoke outside. That's the safest place to smoke and has the less probability of that house starting on fire. Now, we always say that uh, Christmas is for children and uh, certainly it brings out the child in, in most of us. But uh, children can be a problem with lighters and matches that might be around either for smokers or for the fireplace even. Absolutely. You should always keep lighters, matches, anything that can start a fire out of the reach of children. Children become fascinated with fire when they see that flame. You want to make sure that it's out of their reach so the potential for a hazard doesn't strike. Should we talk about carbon monoxide detectors and fire alarms? Everyone's coming home for the holidays. Any tips for us to think about? Well, the first thing I would do is test them. Make sure that you are testing those smoke alarms, testing those carbon monoxide alarms to make sure they work before you have those guests over to your house. Smoke alarms need to be on on every level of your home and outside all sleeping areas, and they need to work. A carbon monoxide alarm, by law, is required to be outside the sleeping areas in your home. Early detection is the key. Combined with that home escape plan could be the reason why you don't get seriously hurt or die in a fire. You mentioned law. So some of these things that you've mentioned are backed up by law. Correct. Uh, Smoke alarms have been required by law since 1975 here in the province of Ontario. The uh, the fire code um, in 2006 required that smoke alarms be on every level of your home and outside all sleeping areas. But they've been around for a long time, since 1975. Carbon monoxide legislation came in in the province of Ontario in 2015. 
And that he said that at that point, we wanted to have that carbon monoxide alarm outside of sleeping areas. And the reason for that is people would take carbon monoxide alarms and they'd put it down by their furnace because that's where carbon monoxide could be produced. The problem was people were not waking up in the middle of the night when that alarm went off because it was in their basement. They're on the second floor. They couldn't hear it. That's why the law specifically talks about having that carbon monoxide alarm outside of sleeping areas. Now, that being said, personally, I would recommend that you put one on every level of your home. And and that um, requirement now has actually saved some lives, hasn't it? It absolutely has. Carbon monoxide is colorless. It's odorless. It's tasteless. You can't see it. You can't hear it. Well, you can hear it if you have that alarm. Does the London Fire Department do safety checks and have you ever been invited into a home to inspect it and make recommendations? Absolutely. We're a safety organization. We want to get out in the public and make sure that our clients are safe. At the end of the day, all Londoners are our clients. If you call us at 519-661-4565, you can schedule an appointment and we'll come out and we'll have a look at your house to make sure that it's safe. Once you've gone through that and you make recommendations, uh, it's then incumbent on the uh, on the homeowner to make some of those improvements. Uh, do you go back then to see if they've done it? If we do notice that there's infractions with the home, we'll work with the homeowner to ensure that they're done, either through an inspection order process or we'll just keep coming back to make sure that they're okay. That being said, if you have a rental property here in the City of London, mm-hmm. you're renting out to people and you're not maintaining the requirements in the Ontario Fire Code, you can expect to be charged. Jack, are laws that promote fire safety different for businesses uh, than it is for homeowners? And what are some of the things that business owners need to be aware of in terms of fire safety and fire regulation? For business owners, it depends on the size of the business. They may require a fire safety plan, which talks about some of the fire safety features within their building, whether they have sprinklers, fire alarms, or other fire detection type devices. Um, it's, It's a little bit different than a home because typically people are not sleeping in these businesses. Typically it's a transient um, place where people are coming in, they're coming out. So they know the doors that they came in, they know the doors that they came out and therefore they understand their path of travel in and out. They're usually not cooking, usually not, um, but they could be in a restaurant type situation. Do they uh, post then some of these things? Is that a requirement? Here in the city of London, if a fire safety plan is required for your building, It's posted at the front entrance. That way our firefighters can find it when they arrive, take it out of the box and have some of that life safety information and that critical information about your building in the plan. Well, Jack, I know that uh, you've been busy getting the word out. We'll hope that uh, your uh, colleagues aren't busy responding to any of these things. It wouldn't hurt my feelings if none of our trucks left the hall over the Christmas holidays. Well, Jack, thank you very much for taking time and making us more aware Uh, I have a feeling that some of us are going to be uh, playing the escape plan uh, here this Christmas. Thanks for being with us. It's a fun game, Jim. Jim, thanks for having me. Linda, thanks. It's always a pleasure to be here with BBB. Our guest has been Jack Burt of the London Fire Department. And we'll return in just a moment to talk about gift cards. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Linda is the CEO of the Better Business Bureau serving Western Ontario. Well, Linda, three more shopping days before Christmas. Most of us have the bulk of our gifts shopping complete, but when you look at the list and check it twice, you realize you've missed someone. 
or there is still one more wish to be filled. And that's when we think gift card or something you made yourself, like money. <laughs> Cash is always a sure thing, although you still have to think about size and color. <laughs> For sure. Uh, gift cards, though, are a great one-size-fits-all gift. But there are things to consider when you're buying them. You'll find some tips on gift cards when you visit the uh, search uh, bbb.org and on our website. Okay, well, what are some of the things that BBB points out, Linda? Always remember to read the fine print. So many of us just brush by it on our way to hit hit pay, Uh, but the fine print is really important. Have a look at the packaging and the print on the card itself to see if there are any fees, expiration dates, or other terms and conditions. For instance, some organizations charge a service fee on that card. The card might be for in-store purchases only, uh, which makes it useless for online shopping. And if you are buying the card online or by phone, check to find out if there will be any shipping or handling fees. If you're buying a gift card online, are are there things to watch for there? Well, we always say start with trust. Check the BBB directory for their business profile and find out if there are um, an, if they're an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau. Avoid online auction sites. The cards being offered could be counterfeit or obtained illegally. Retailers can cancel stolen gift cards, and criminals will sometimes sell a card if they have already used it. If you are considering buying a card or gift card on a gift card resale site, be very careful. You can't verify the amount on the card, and you can't see if it is expired. If you do go online, make sure to look up the business at bbb.org. You can view its rating, complaint history, and reviews from other customers. And as well, uh, as we have pointed out before, make sure the site is secure. Look for HTTPS at the front of their website address. The S stands for secure. So we are very likely a little more secure if we buy that card in the store. Yes, but examine the card and the packaging for tampering. Thieves will record the PIN number and put it back on the shelf. They wait until the card has been bought, and then they use it online. They wipe out the value before the customer has a chance to. The safest gift cards are those in thick plastic casing, Make sure the packaging hasn't been tampered with and check the back of the card to make sure that the PIN number hasn't been exposed and no protective stickers have been removed. Well, we said gift cards are one size fits all. One popular type, though, is for restaurants. So you might want to think about whether or not the person you are giving the card to will actually be able to use it. Is there an outlet close to them for that particular restaurant? And is the restaurant going to be in business for the long term so that they can get to use it? In fact, this is something to consider for any type of business gift card. If the restaurant or store closes or files bankruptcy uh, before the card is used, it makes it useless. So we keep receipts when we buy gifts to wrap up and put under the tree. Do we need to keep the receipts for the gift cards? It's a terrific idea to keep the receipt. That way, if the card is stolen or lost, it is possible that a replacement will be issued if you have the receipt. As well, it's possible uh, to register the card uh, on the store's website. Uh, This can help you find out about any card misuse and protect the card's balance if it is stolen or lost. So when you register the card, how much information will you need to provide? 
You shouldn't need to provide anything more than the email address and create a password to register the gift card number. It is a red flag if you're asked for personal information. No trustworthy company will ever ask for personal information when you purchase a gift card. So, Linda, I guess gift cards solve a problem when it comes to Christmas shopping. But if you follow these tips from BBB, the gift card won't be a problem. Well, we're going to take a break now, Linda. And when we return, a Christmas story to warm your heart. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Linda is the CEO of the Better Business Bureau Serving Western Ontario. Well, we have a Christmas story that we're going to tell together. It's a story of small elfin-like child who gave his teacher a wondrous gift. Okay. So you all set? Here's the story. Christmas is for love. It's for joy, for giving and sharing, for laughter, for reuniting with family and friends for tinsel and brightly covered packages. But mostly, Christmas is for love. Matthew was a ten-year-old orphan who lived with his aunt, a bitter, middle-aged woman greatly annoyed with the burden of caring for her dead sister's son. She never failed to remind young Matthew, if it hadn't been for her generosity, he would be a vagrant, homeless waif. Still, with all the scolding and chilliness at home, Still, he was a sweet and gentle child. The teacher hadn't noticed Matthew particularly until he began staying after class each day. He did so at the risk of arousing his aunt's anger, or so she learned later. Matthew stayed to help teachers straighten up the room. They didn't talk much, but went about the task quietly and comfortably, enjoying the solitude of that hour of the day. When Matthew and the teacher did talk, they spoke mostly of his mother— Though he was very young when she died, he remembered a kind, gentle, loving woman who always spent time with him. Then, as Christmas drew near, Matthew failed to stay after school each day. Teacher had looked forward to his coming, and when the days passed and he continued to scamper hurriedly from the room after class, she stopped him one afternoon and asked why he no longer helped her in the room. She told him how she had missed him. His large brown eyes lit up eagerly as he replied, Did you really miss me? Yes, she said, and explained how he had been her best helper. I was making you a surprise, he whispered confidentially. It's for Christmas. With that, he became embarrassed and dashed from the room. He didn't stay after school any more after that. Finally came the last school day before Christmas. Matthew crept slowly into the room late that afternoon with his hands concealing something behind his back. I have your present, he said timidly when teacher looked up. He held out his hands, and there lying in his small palms was a tiny wooden box. He said, I, I hope you'll like it. It's beautiful, Matthew. Is there something in it? Teacher asked, opening the top to look inside. Oh, you can't see what's in it, he replied, and you can't touch it or taste it. But Mother always said it makes you feel good all the time, warm on cold nights and safe when you're all alone. The teacher gazed into the empty box. What is it, Matthew, she asked gently. That will make me feel so good. It's love. 
he whispered softly. My mother always said it's best when you give it away. He turned and quietly left the room. So now, the teacher said, I keep a small box crudely made of scraps of wood on the piano in my living room and only smile as inquiring friends raise quizzical eyebrows when I explain to them there is love in it. Yes, Christmas is for gaiety, mirth, song, and for good and wondrous gifts. But mostly, Christmas is for love. And now, on behalf of all of the staff and the board of directors at the Better Business Bureau serving Western Ontario, we want to wish everyone a safe and happy holiday. We know that there are many celebrations and many cultures now in our great country, and with that in mind, we borrow from Mel Torme's song. Although it's said many times, many ways, the message is for good times and good things for you and yours when we say, Merry Christmas. Until next time, I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Remember, ask BBB. And start with trust.